Two Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. Hey, what's going on out there, T-Bomb land? Uh, Joe. This is getting. I, I I keep thinking to myself every time we do this in the beginning of the show. Uh, I say the same. You say the same thing. Then I say the same thing over and over again. I think some people are are avid listeners. Probably could almost repeat what we're saying without even uh, before I even say what I'm going to say. Right? I mean, it's it's like we got to come up with something new, man. I mean, we got, like right now the, the person who listens to us every week, Joe. They're saying he's going to say what season it is and what episode it is, and you know he's going to ask Joe how he feels about that. And and so and so, what could we do to change that up? What do you think? You got any ideas? I have nothing. I, I have absolutely. Not. I never do. I never do. Every time you ask me, that's what I always say. You know, you're supposed to be uh, the idea guy. I, I will say this though. I will right. say this. Today was one of those days where I had the perfect opportunity to skip leg day. I know we just had a show about that. Yeah. Perfect opportunity. It was a very busy morning. I'm not a little under the weather and and what have you. But I got to tell you, I got through it. And and just as I had said before, feels so much better getting it done and out of the way just to work out in general, let alone leg day, right? Yeah. Uh, then it would have felt if I didn't, and then all day I'd be kicking myself in the rear for not complete. You know what well, I mean? Well, you know what, though? I, that's, you know, you just gave me an idea. You know how I always say we come up with more ideas for more podcasts? You yeah. just gave me an idea for another one because it's okay that you're a little under the weather, but you know this already, and uh, oh, yeah. I bet you even our, our guest today uh, that we're going to be interviewing knows this already. But uh, so many avid workout people out there know this, and they still defy this law. If you're really under the weather, I mean, if you're extremely sick, the worst thing you can do is work out. Uh, and that's for a different show, obviously. But that just gave me an idea. Put that right in right in my notes. Uh, yeah, this is this is just like a little allergy thing. But it was it was just one of those things. I had the perfect excuse. I could have easily gotten away with not doing it. But, you know, yeah. just that there's that inner that inner that inner voice just would not let me stray away. All right. Well, hey, you know, that you're dedicated. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I am the same way. I'm stubborn sometimes. Sometimes I, even though I know I'll be sick as a dog and still work out, and there's no advantage to that at all, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know why I do it, but uh, definitely something that we uh, we should uh, detour ourselves from doing, and and that's a show we can definitely have and then talk all about the the reasons why uh, there's no benefit to working out when you're extremely sick. But that being said, today's podcast is about something extremely different, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when we come back, uh, we are going to talk. Uh, we have an interview today with uh, a young man. I call him a young man because he's literally about half my age, Joe. Uh, not quite half your age, but uh, uh, he is a podcaster himself, has his own show. And we're going to talk to him all about what motivated him to do the show, a little bit about his journey in life and how he's overcome certain things. And it's feel good story. So just stick right there and we will be right back. Two Brothers One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Abs, perfectly prepared portions. Hey Youngstown area listeners, it's Joe from T-Bomb. Do you find yourself dreading all of the specifics when it comes to prepping your meals for the week? I mean, calculating calories and macros can be such a pain, which for many of us can result in losing our momentum when we're starting a new eating lifestyle. Now, I know for me, I was constantly figuring out which foods to eat so I wouldn't only stay under calories, but also maintain my macros. 
What's more is I hated the idea of eating the same thing every day simply because I finally came up with that perfect combination. But then I found Kitchen Apps. Founded in 2015 by Tom Kitchen Apps. Their mission is simple. They created a personalized selection of flavorful gourmet meals that are perfectly portioned and nutritionally balanced to fit their clients' lifestyles, as well as their physical needs. All for a very affordable price. You receive three meals plus two snacks for five days. So your whole work week is completely taken care of. And yes, there are options to add or subtract meals as you need them for the weekends too. So for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com. That's kitchenabz.com and get started today. Welcome back, everybody. So today with us here on Two Brothers, One Mike, we have a fantastic interview. Another podcaster, a colleague, so to speak, Joe. And a young man has a podcast. It's called Rising Above. He started this podcast several months before we did, right at the beginning of 2021, if I'm not mistaken. And he's going to talk a little bit about that today. And he's going to talk about his journey uh, through life and what was the motivation behind him starting this actual podcast. And I've known him now for about three years, going on three years. And I think you're going to find uh, it very intriguing and it is very uh, eyebrow raising, so to speak, and what it is that motivated him to start his podcast. So without further ado, uh, we want to welcome to this show, Two Brothers, One Mike, Mr. David Hess. Dave, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Tony. Hey, hey, uh, Joe. How are you guys doing? I'm yeah. doing pretty good. I, I'm, like, some see, I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for Joe to answer. I'm giving Joe his spotlight moment, and Joe's giving me his spotlight. Okay, so I'm doing pretty good, Joe. Yeah, I, I'm doing pretty good here too as well. I gotta, yeah. I gotta say that as a fellow podcaster, listening to you guys orchestrate the podcast is kind of, kind of humorous. Yeah, oh, it is. I tell people all the time if you heard the outtakes, uh, the uh, the unedited version. Uh, there's nothing funnier, especially when Ron, the pharmacist is on, let me tell you, but, um, uh, there's no doubt at all, but it's, it's one of the things that are kind of, one of the things kind of interesting about podcasting, just like anything else. I mean, I'm sure it's the same way with acting. I'm not, a, I'm not an actor. I'm not in Hollywood or anything like that. Uh, TV shows, newscasts, uh, if you could see what happens behind the scenes, you start to realize one thing is for sure. We're all human. Right. I mean, mistakes are made. I don't care how good someone is at it. We're still learning. But it's amazing because even when you see them, the the people who are the most professional at what they do, it's amazing when you see those outtakes, those unedited cuts behind the camera, behind the mic. Uh, and, and so we're learning that as time goes on for sure. But, yeah, you get to actually uh, be a part of that today, obviously. As I think it, uh, I think it makes you have a greater appreciation for production. At least it does for me. Very true. Very true. And I think I think Joe, uh, being mm-hmm. the technical advisor <laughs> of the show, I think he has a fantastic appreciation for it. Um, and uh, and I'm sure today's show is just going to be riveting as he uh, continues to work out the edits that we had in the beginning. But nonetheless, <laughs> we're here now. And I think what people want to know about is about, you know, this show, Rising Above. Uh, it comes from what was a rough beginning in your own life, uh, from what I understand. And 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 from what you and I have talked about personally, face to face, and what I've actually listened to when I've listened to your show, but maybe somehow without you know you had the one show where you interviewed yourself, so to speak, where you gave everybody a breakdown of 
how your life was in the beginning and what led you to being so motivated and driven to do Rising Above. Maybe just a, a quick synopsis of, of what it was that motivated you to do this particular podcast. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's a pretty deep question there. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> um, now, now you have to tell everybody why you called me Sarge. I was wondering oh when that would happen. Uh, <laughs> folks, my, I am not in the Army. Uh, everyone always asks. You know, everyone, this is the first time on the show that, that someone's called me that. So when you hear Sarge, it's simply because Joe and myself, our last name, as you know, is Sargentopolis. And so people just abbreviate it down to Sarge. That's, that's all that is. And that's what they call me. At work, and David and I work together, so there's that. David. <laughs> Hold on. I have something to say about that, first of uh, all. Please uh, it, it, And I, I think I'm the only one in our entire family who says it the correct way. It's actually Sarah Giannopoulos. So really, David, you should be calling him Sarah. Okay. <laughs> and I, I'm going to tell you I will right from now. now. <laughs> I, and I've explained this to people at work because people have brought that up. I am not a French designer. Okay. I'm not Serge. I am Sarge. Okay. <laughs> but nonetheless, nonetheless, now that we've gotten all that out, because I'm sure the listeners were dying to know um, what uh, I guess instead of really going through it, because what I want them to do is listen to that particular episode. I want them to go to there. And that's why we're going to include that episode and your podcast in the description of this podcast. But but just to break it down, what was it that basically motivated you to do Rising Above? Well, I mean, like I talked about a lot about in my episode, there was so much that happened in my life to where mm-hmm. I, I felt that other people should should know. Like, I mean, because it oftentimes like if I started, you know, working next to somebody like like yourself, mm-hmm. um, they, you know, you get to talking and they get to asking like, you know, about your life and whatnot. And then people are so amazed, like at the things that you've gone through. Right. And they, they, the, the question that's often asked is like, how are you still like, like, how are you still like, how are you able to be this successful or how are you able to overcome, overcome or forgive those people? And so I wanted to start the podcast to kind of explain like why I was able to overcome and like, some of the things that I had gone through that makes me have a, I guess, a better understanding of certain things. And, um, I wanted to also give other people that opportunity as well, because I mean, I've talked to so many people that have told me that, you know, I I would like to write a book about my story, Mm -hmm. but nobody, I mean, hardly, hardly anybody has time to do that. It takes a lot of time to sit down and write a book, but it doesn't take much time to do a podcast. So it's, it's kind of like the modern, modern day book. (laughs) Um, it's a live version. It's, yeah. a, it's a live version almost of, of the book. But 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 so that people are not sitting there saying, well, what is it that he's talking about? Basically, um, you were talking about foster care. And and what what was that like in terms of where did you grow up when you were you, you were younger and then you were brought into the foster care system at what age and where were you before that? Well, I grew up in Florida. I lived in Florida till I was nine. And my, um, I guess the short version, my adopted or my stepdad was abusive to my brother. And Mm -hmm. he had beat him from the back of his neck down to his ankles. Um, He was literally black and blue from the neck to his ankles for weeks. And eventually, uh, my mom had reported it to the police. He was arrested. And but because she had, you know, made the choice to not report it right away, the police had told her, you know, you need to um, you need to leave the state otherwise or go where you have family and leave him. And if you don't, then we're going to take your children. 
So where we had family was Michigan. So okay. we ended up coming to Michigan. She only had four or $500 to her name. Um, and she had four children. Uh, I was, I was eight at the time. My brother was nine and my younger brother was like three and she had a like one or two year old, uh, my sister. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so she, we made the journey to Michigan on $400, uh, living out of our van, eating uh, like, uh, like, uh, like raw packages of ramen noodles. Okay. Uh, That was our meals. Um, but yeah, we ended up living in a homeless shelter for a while until we were eventually kicked out of there and ended up homeless in Lansing. And we um, were put up in a, in a hotel um, by the American Red Cross. And we were there for a couple of weeks when somebody had reported it, you know, where we were staying. I guess they, were, they had been looking for us for uh, a while because they had lost contact when we left the homeless shelter. Okay. Um, and one day they came and picked my brother and Michael and I up from school and took us to, uh, our, you know, put us in social services and we were off to our new foster homes that day. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And you tell, and you tell the whole story on your particular show, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening uh, to the show today, when we include the podcast, uh, rising above, it is the second episode if i'm not mistaken of your of your show um the second episode is me talking about my experience specifically in the foster care system yeah kind of life before i think but the first episode is with my brother michael and he we kind of talked together about um like what it was like moving to florida or moving from florida to michigan and what his experience was like being the older brother in the situation because i have to give huge props to him. He, he was like my protector when I was younger, you know, he would always with our stepdad, he would always take the blame and he would, he would take beatings that weren't his. Gotcha. Um, yeah, huge props to him. (laughs) So, so he was the protector. Okay. And, 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 uh, definitely huge props to him for that's a stressful situation, protector or not at a younger age, that's a lot of burden to take on. That's a lot of responsibility. So, uh, that's that. That's what really is the. Um, uh, I don't want to say the focus of the story or the focal point, but but the the ages of you know you and your siblings and what you're dealing with at such a young age is just it's, it's profound. It's it's what makes this um, a feel good story when in the end uh, is is that particular situation. So you you end up in you know in foster care and. Uh, it's not you and Michael, though, if I'm not mistaken, that end up in the same home. Am I correct? Correct. It was my my brother, my younger brother uh, Joseph. Him and I were put into the same home, um, and which was kind of odd because you would think that they would put Michael and I together because we're full full brothers and we okay, but we're closer in age, and you know. But um, I guess it ended up working out because then the roles were kind of reversed because I ended up becoming the protector for my for my brother for Joe for, for Joseph Joe. yeah. 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 And, and so, you know, and he tells a riveting story, uh, I thought also. Didn't Joe talk on your podcast as well? No, no, he has not. So that was Michael. That was Michael, yeah. Okay. So the whole time I'm watching that, I'm thinking that was Joe. That was Michael. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. And then, um, obviously, you tell your story. And uh, even uh, your adopted father uh, tells a very, very riveting story uh, in, a, in an episode all, all by himself 
yep. for the most part. And so you give everybody a chance to talk about their journey and and you know what what it meant to them and and you know what was the struggles and what was the stress that was involved in that. And just from what you've already said, people should probably if they and I can guarantee you it's eyes wide open right now. Uh, when you think about that, what? How old were you when you said for the first time, this is going in a better direction? Oh, boy. Um, can you remember that? Can you remember or can you recall that? Oh, no, I can't. I know you said in, in, your, in your journey when you talked uh, on your podcast about yourself, it was basically an up and down uh, journey. It was, it was good, then bad, good, then bad, good, then bad. Yeah. My, my whole younger life has been good and bad. Um, mostly, mostly bad, honestly, but, um, honestly, life hasn't gotten better for me until I was an adult out on my own working at GM and like actually making a, a decent living for myself. Yeah. So let, well, let, let me, let, and so let me tell you this, let me, let, let me tell you this. Let me ask you this. You, you have these harsh beginnings, right? And, and, and people, people go through these types of things. All right. You, you your beginnings are very harsh uh, compared to there are some people that, that, that right now are thinking to themselves, I can't make my house payment or uh, I need a new car. My car is completely demolished and I need a new car or I don't feel good. I'm sick. I'm, I'm going to miss work for three days or, you know, things of that nature. We're not going to be able to take our vacation this year. And they're listening to this story and thinking, okay, maybe life isn't that bad. Because <laughs> because when you think about it, this is not only the fact that you overcome it, but you've overcome it at such a young age. When when you look at that, when you when you're when you think about that, besides your own personal drive in your adulthood to take all that and use it as motivation to be better and to get better and to make those around you better. Who else is your biggest motivator, would you say, in your life? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, there's been there's been several people along the way that have helped me. Like, I, I grew up in church, and um, I, the youth pastor, he kind of took me under his wing for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that period of time, he, he got me through. You know, he was able to, like, kind of motivate me and inspire me. Sure. Um, and then there's been teachers that I've had that have helped me. I talked about this on the podcast. You know, there's... Um, during one of the worst parts of my life, I, uh, kind of like put all my focus into school and the teacher that I had that I kind of, I guess, really adored. He, um, he helped like inspire me to just want to be better all the time. And, um, for that period of time that helped get me through. And so I guess there's been like people all along the way that have kind of helped, helped me and kind of guided me. But, um, I've had roommates, you know, that have, help me and they've taken me under their wing a little bit. So there's been, there's been quite a few people. Sure. And, and I think we could all say that it's kind of hard to always pinpoint just one person that has motivated you and, and helped you along a pathway or always comes up with the, you know, the perfect line or the perfect, you know, perfect timing to deliver, right. you know, motivational advice or, you know, directional, uh, you know, what direction you might want to think about moving and so on and so forth. And and so it's really hard to pinpoint that on one person. I think I think for me, um, what's really helped me the most, it's not like somebody giving a good speech or whatever, because anybody can give a, a good speech. It's people believing in, in you and believing that you can be successful no matter what. So that, I believe that that's what's helped kind of push me and to always want to be better. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, I could tell you this, uh, and Joe and I have talked about this uh, briefly 
on the podcast here and there. There is no lonelier feeling than when you're doing something and you're motivated and passionate about it. And those you care about and are doing it for the most can care less. Uh, that That is always uh, something that I think hits home for people. So in other words, if you're if you're striving for a goal and the people you're doing it for or the people that you really need that motivation from are silent and can care less about what your passion is, it makes it harder. It makes it more. It makes it rough. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, so so, you know, when you're doing this podcast, do you look at it? Do you do you sit back and say to yourself? I really hope that this person or that person in particular are motivating or not motivating me, but truly uh, are admiring the passion I have for what I'm doing. Or do you basically sit back and say, this is my passion. This is my goal. I can't really look at everybody else and say, uh, hopefully they, they really like what I'm doing and they're watching and they're listening. And if they're not, that's going to be really upsetting to me. How do you how do you approach that? Um, well, I approach it in the aspect of I, I just want to do my best to help other people share their story, and I want to do my best to make it a, the best of experience as possible. Yeah, um, and I, I believe that like if I'm trying my best, other people will see that, and then they'll also believe they'll believe in the podcast. And I've had people reach out, like you know, saying that you know we love what you're doing, um, keep doing it, and um, it's been really really awesome to hear that feedback that feedback from people. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, and I, I completely understand that. I really, it does motivate you. It really does when people, and then when they kind of talk to you about the show, which means, you know, they're not just saying it, they really are listening and, and, and they are enjoying what you're doing. That makes it, I mean, I think for anybody, people like that. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you have had some fantastic guests on your show. Uh, I think, boy, it's hard for me. Now you've had over 50 shows now. Uh, I am almost positive of that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, re- I'm releasing 66, I believe, tomorrow. So wow, <laughs> so so 66 shows, and um, and there's times when you go back to back days with with interviews. Your show is basically an interview oriented show, yeah, uh, and it is video and audio uh, at the same time. So I've probably listened to. Uh, Goodness, if I had to guess, I want to say I'm going to just guess a number that I think I'm close. I've probably listened to between 18 and 20 shows now, hmm. maybe a little more. So that being said, my favorite so far, my favorite two, and I can't remember their names, but the first gentleman that we just talked about not, long, not that long ago that was hurt in action. Uh, uh, and in, in I don't know how many tours he did over in Afghanistan. He only has one arm and one leg and his story that he tells about how he continues to drive through that and do, do tough mutter races and, and the things he does with one arm and one leg and the motive, how motivated he is throughout that process. What was that gentleman's name again? Uh, his name's Noah Galloway and Noah Galloway. Yeah. His story is amazing because you know, it's, it's hard enough to do a Spartan race. Like you, we, we were talking on my podcast, you know, yeah. not that long ago, it's difficult to do something like that. Yeah. And he's doing it with no leg, no arm or missing a leg and an arm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty great at it too. I yeah. Mean, he's, he, yeah he it's kind of, and, he, well, he was on, he was on dancing of the stars. He's on dancing, dancing with, with the stars. stars. Yeah, he was yeah. on Ellen. Like he's been on, he's been everywhere, yeah. but but it's cool, you know, with the Rising Above podcast, it's it's highlighting these people that have gone through some of the worst situations that they could even imagine. 
but what's interesting about it is like I thought before I started the podcast that my story was like really bad. Like I, because uh-huh. everybody I talked to is like, well, that's a, that's a terrible story. Yeah. Um, but now like I have a perspective of like, there's so many worse stories out there than, than mine. And I'm, I'm grateful to be in the position I'm in. Yeah. And, and I, and, and so it's almost like, and I want to tell you about one more guest uh, there's been several of them, but there's one more guest who I absolutely, his story is absolutely riveting, but can, would you say, before I get to that one guest, would you say that by what you just said, would you say that maybe rising above is almost like a medicine for you? Um, in other words, it's uh, it's something that helps uh, not so much cure what you've gone through, but it makes you realize, wow, uh, I'm okay. Uh, I'm not the only one going through these th- this thing called life. And, and – and so it helps it helps you as well in trying to come to terms with your journey. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that it's helped put my life in perspective, I guess, a little bit more because I mean, I I could have it way worse off. I could be a drug addict. I could be somebody who's trying to overcome alcoholism or somebody who you know has been in and out of jail and prison, but you know, instead I'm interviewing people that have overcome those things and so yeah i i would agree that it has made me i guess a better person yeah and there was there was so many other good guests on your show i love the two girls that were uh, rowing uh they were gonna row across um oh where were they rowing to Uh, i I think it was the atlantic maybe i think it was the atlantic and and to to raise money for awareness for for foster care for foster care which we're going to get to uh in a second and um uh, but my favorite, my favorite is the the gentleman who basically took an institution to court here in the state of Michigan and won uh, when when he talked about his story where at eight, eight, age eight, his parents dropped him off at that institution and just drove away almost like as if to never see him again. And what was that gentleman's name? Uh, his name was Richard Prangley. And... Oh my gosh, that story will make anybody cry. I, I highly recommend anybody listening to this podcast to order his book on Amazon. Yeah. Um, I wish I had it right in front of me, but it's. Um, when you get it, let me know and we will be more than happy. But also, people should go to your podcast just to listen to that story because you do give all that information about the book on that story. But <laughs> Richard Prangley, uh, when he told that story, and, you know, it's not only that he went through that, but Richard also is, if I'm not mistaken, autistic. Yes. Yeah. He's special needs. Um, yeah. And the thing is, I think he was I think he was put in there in like the 50s. And so back then, pe- like people with uh, autism and stuff were looked down upon. They were like a second class uh, citizen. And so his parents put him in this home because he was showing signs of just being like a wild child, essentially. Yeah. And they couldn't control him. So they put him in this home and left him. And he, the way he describes it is he's, he's standing in the, in the doorway watching them drive off essentially into the sunset. And I just can't even imagine that being a father of a six-year-old. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, that. It, that, that's what got me is just thinking about my own kids. And I was just like, I could never do that. But he tells it and he's just – he's so um, so passionate about his story and about – his fight in his journey. Um, and it just, it really makes you sit back and say, okay, it, I'm okay. 
you know, uh, I, I'm all right. Look, look what this gentleman has done. And, um, uh, yeah, that's definitely folks. Uh, when I tell you there's some very riveting interviews with people who have gone through hell and back, uh, and, and how they've risen above, uh, their journey. Uh, it, it's amazing. So definitely recommend that you check out some of these shows here on the rising above podcast with, Host David Hess, who is with us today as our guest. Dave, let me ask you a question. Getting back to those two young ladies who were rowing across the Atlantic to raise money for awareness for after foster care. Foster care in general. And, you know, some people could say, well, you know, don't start on, on your shows. Watch how you watch how you bash things and bash this. But you know what? This is a serious situation. You, and- you hear me clearing my throat over here, right? As I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, so Joe was clearing his throat and I didn't realize uh, that he's clearing his throat because he might have something to say about this in a minute. But Dave, uh, before Joe comes in from the abyss, as we always call it, um, I think when we go and hey, listen, I think when we go video, Dave, Joe's going to be like hiding behind a door and you can just see like his eyes and then, <laughs> and then he'll come in during the interviews in that manner, in that fashion. By uh, the way, that, that gentleman's name was Wilson. The one yeah, we were, Wilson. We not figure it was Wilson. Well, did, Dave, do you remember that show? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to have Joe in as Wilson uh, and, <laughs> in the interview. But w- what are some things you've gone through this entire process? You've seen it at its all-time worst and whether or not it's gotten better. What, what are some things – let's just pick two things – if you could, that, that foster care you wish would take a, a, a bigger stand on to make the process that much better? Well, I, my number one thing, and I talk about it in my episode, is that when, um, when there's allegations that are brought up to um, you know, social services regarding like a, a foster home, somebody who is a current foster parent, they will call and be like, Hey, we're, we're coming out this day at this time to investigate this situation. Mm-hmm. So it allows preparation time for yeah. people to create a story. And then, you know, then the thing is they come to the house and then they interview the children with the parents, you know, in another room away. And so, you know, it just, it, it creates a scenario to where you, you can't really be honest. Yeah. And, um, that was that that's one of the biggest things for me because um i've had that happen several times being in the system where you know they came out to investigate and i had to lie because um i knew that things would get a lot worse for me if i told them the truth yeah yeah and somebody else is listening in uh right. so right so you feel like you're in an acting position uh rather than uh given the reality of the situation Correct. and and there there's a there's a there's a a there a possible reason as to why that kind of thing happens as well, uh, and this is something David you had even mentioned, but this is something I figured. Mister Parent, um, they will purposely do that so that the child won't say things, so that they don't have to pull the child because they don't have anywhere else to put the children. Right. And so, as long as they don't see anything physically going on, you know, like the some things you cannot avoid, obviously they, they're, they're very, very, they go very easy on those sorts of allegations because they don't want to pull a child, especially if it's a multiple placement or if it's a special needs placement, because those people are above and beyond where, where they can find homes. They, in order to be a foster parent, you have to be licensed. Um, and there's so many things that go into that, that 
a lot of these uh, county agencies and even privatized agencies, they're very limited. Their hands are very tight on what they can do. Now, yeah. that's not to say that they shouldn't do their due diligence, uh, like what, what David is saying there. But there's this flip side to it that you also have to wonder, but what do you do with these kids? And now, personally, and David, you tell me if, what you think of this. Honestly, I think that there should be a limitation to how many children go to each home. First of all, um, you know, there's a lot of people don't realize that in the foster care system or in the fostering world, there is this day of care uh, uh, amount of money that that foster parents get. And it's supposed to be for basic needs of the children and what have you. Okay. Uh, Well, that being said, what starts to happen is we end up with families that are having multiple placements. And really what they're looking at is multiple dollars, multiple amounts of dollars coming into their home. Mm-hmm. And it starts to see the kids as more of a dollar sign as opposed to what the whole cause, the whole reason for them getting into the system in the first place. I'm just saying it breeds that that possibility. I think it kind of escalates it. And we end up with multiple placements. And when you have that many people in one home, well, you end up with a lot of other troubles. Now, I don't know if you remember in Columbus, Ohio, we had, uh, there was a foster family. They had like five or six placements in their home. And it it ended up where they weren't able to to deal with each child's individual needs. They were it didn't really seem it does not appear that they really cared for that. Uh, it was one of these deals where they were just essentially collecting money. These children were all teenagers, um, and so the money amount goes up. Uh, yeah, there's you know things of, of that nature. And what ended up happening is because they couldn't deal with these children on specific for their specific needs, you had one who ended up being. She had a violent outburst and charged another one of the foster children with a knife. The police were there and they shot and killed the young lady. So, you know, it, it just stands to reason when we have multiple placements in one home, you you start to see higher uh, higher cases of, 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 of abuse, of violence, of, you know, d- domestic violence, all these things happening. And it just seems like everybody's, they tiptoe around it, foster care workers, social uh, social workers, they tiptoe around it because at the end of the day, where else are they supposed to put these children if they can't go to this home? Right. And so their hands are tied and it's just, it, it's, it's really a powder cake that is, it's just getting bigger and bigger, you know? It's also, and, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the, the ultimate thing though is, is because we can't just complain and not have, have a solution. Otherwise we're just whiners, right? If we just complain all the time, we don't have a, a possible solution. So, but here's the thing, where's the solution at? And I don't think it's at our level. You know, these people are all, they're all um, uh, state funded or county agencies, right? Where our tax dollars are paying the way. And so we're looking at the people that they're answering to are political entities. This has to be no, done. No, not this, that. Yeah. This has to be uh, uh, absolved at a much higher level. Uh, than than we could do, but at the very least, at least we have somebody such as David who has a place where they could at least sound off and 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 uh, explain what they've gone through. You know, a lot of the things that I heard in his episode was everything that you're taught. You know, throughout the licensure t- class, that doesn't make me somehow. Uh, you know, any closer to that, to that scenario. I mean, I'm not in any way trying to compare, well, I'm licensed. So I know what you, I know what you went through, David. No, that's, that's not it at all. Uh, But, you know, it it was very uh, textbook. What, you know, you learned from, from the black trash bag 
all the way through the, uh, you know, what a lot of people know, which you may not know, though, David, I was also a police officer. And one of the things that you were talking about how there would be uh, in your story, there was um, uh, act of violence and then it would, it would, things would be okay for a while. And then it would come back around to act of violence again. And that's actually, that's actually a domestic violence circle. That's a, a real thing that happens in a certain order. And it keeps going on and on. This is why we try to get wives to leave their abusive ex-husbands, why we try to get the children out of those scenarios, same, same thing. Uh, So it it reads out as it, as it should, um, given your scenario, mind you. But again, it's just that there's this whole thing needs to be, you know, it, it needs to be addressed at such a higher level. I don't know. How, how do you have any idea how we can do something like that? I mean, have you not really set your goals that high just yet? Well, I mean, that was the whole purpose of that actually was the original purpose of starting the podcast was for me to share my story and to um, kind of make uh, create more awareness around the foster care system, as well as having other people come on other foster children and and adults, Mm -hmm. having them come on and share their story. Um, And then with that, I also wanted to interview like social workers and like uh, people who maybe were directors of, uh, you know, agencies locally and whatnot. Um, And maybe that way, through having conversation and having people share their stories, maybe something could be changed. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know what could be changed. You know know what the worst part is about the whole thing? People are to say that the foster care system is broken. Foster parents. (laughs) Us too. Us too. But also foster care workers. Yeah. They know it. They know it. And, you know, there was something that you had said. And I, I cannot say, that, you know, like it's a blanket statement for all foster care, all social workers. You know, I don't think that that's really true. It's probably not fair for anybody to say. No. But when they do, um, there are instances where I've where I've personally dealt with uh, where they've tiptoed and have done the minimum amount necessary to be able to say the best interest of the child. And it's, it's almost sickening because they didn't break a law, but they really, you could tell P's and Q's were adjusted, T's were, were crossed. And it was just a bare minimum amount of what needed to be done for them to say, we did our due diligence and uh, it's best that this scenario be where it is, um, you know, and, and really it was just the bare minimum well, really I, wasn't enough to do anything, you know. I actually talked to a social worker when I, um, I actually wanted to try to interview her, but she declined because of, um, they're not, they're not able to do like any press, right? any, any, any press things. Sure. So, um, but she was saying that they, their caseloads are so, so full that they spend most right. of their time doing paperwork and they don't even have much time to go into the field and investigate some of these situations or check on the children as much. And that's a problem. I mean, that's a problem. Right. That's a whole nother problem. Sure. And that's what I was saying. We can never make that blanket statement, right? Because there's this thing where it's like, what do you do with the kids that don't have a place to go? And right, there's so many cases, you know, it's, it's really, it's really quite a, a travesty. Uh, just the fact that the need is there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually what I was going to ask you, David, the next question, but you've already answered it. I was going to ask you because I had not, uh, and like I said, I've only listened to about a third of your shows so far. So I had not, seen a show or heard a show where there was an actual social worker or somebody who was in charge of a foster care system that you actually were able to interview. And then I thought to myself, I wonder if they're even allowed to, because it's kind of like 
conflict um, of interest. Yeah, conflict of interest by talking about it and saying something that your higher ups may not like, and then you really open up a whole can of worms and maybe cost yourself a career. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, but I will I will say this, David, if you would like, and I, and I probably can never make the trek up to Michigan, but if you would like to ever do an anchor uh, interview after my current foster placement is permanent, which should be sometime in August, oh, would I have a hell of a story for you? <laughs> I'd love to talk to you, that's for sure. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. But yeah, let's set that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because once it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I understand. I, I'm... I, I, I am I am understanding the foster child lingo that is going on between you two guys right now. Um, <laughs> I'm picking it up. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, what is it? Is it picking up what you're dropping? Is it? Is it? Um, uh, I don't. I don't know what's going. I don't know what they. What's the word these, today? The kids these oh days. Oh boy, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm catching. I'm picking up what you're, you're dropping. Picking up what I'm, I'm putting down. Picking yeah, up that's it. That's down. it. Picking up what you're putting down. I don't know. Uh, but so that being said. Um, and there's so much more we could talk about, and there's so many more interviews we can do. Folks, if you didn't know, uh, I, I've actually been on Rising Above twice um, because David has expanded his podcast to Rising Above other types of situations as well. Uh, the one podcast was an experiment in, <laughs> in, in, in going live. Uh, David uses me as the guinea pig that day, but uh, it was actually a really good interview. Uh, and I will have to do it again uh, this time where uh, we don't have to worry about breaking up or, or whatever uh, the the voice was doing, the audio was doing that night, that day. Uh, but um, that was a great interview. So I'm looking forward to that again and doing many more on the Rising Above podcast. Plus, David has a really nice studio. I'm getting a lot of good ideas uh, on the studio that we're looking at doing. Uh, so, Dave, when we actually start going video, uh don't be surprised if our studio looks exactly like yours. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you can just, steal it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just serious. Okay. But uh, let me ask you one more question before we wrap up today. Now, we had a show not that long ago, and it was called uh, – Joe, help me out on the title of the show. I, I, know, I remember the premise of the show. But it was basically doing rather than – Announcing. Announcing, right, yeah. which basically was – uh doing it first dave and then letting people see and then seeing where you're going with it as opposed to uh two years earlier coming on and saying this is what i'm going to do just to get everybody liking it and loving it and are you a doing guy first or are you an announcing guy first usually um well i i would say that i used to be an announcing guy um, okay but i mean I'm sure, as you know, there's a lot of haters out there. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I, I prefer to just do now, and whatever comes of it, comes of it. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't really necessarily like to announce something. Unless I have, like, an announcement that I need to make, um, I, I typically don't. Like, I think when I first started the podcast, I announced that I was going to be doing it. Um, you did because you only did it, but it was only like a month or so before you actually did it. I think. Yeah, I was. I was in the works of do, like planning planning it out. And I'm I'm not somebody to just announce that I'm going to do something and then don't do it. Typically. Right, right, and, and 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 that show, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard doing rather than announcing, uh, we talk about the pros and cons for both sides in that particular show on Two Brothers One Mike. But it was when you did when you did do that, Dave. I remember texting my brother going. A guy I work with, buddy of mine I work with, is going to do a podcast. And he and I had already been setting up 
getting ready to announce Two Brothers, One Mike. And I was like, I hope he doesn't think that I just got the idea off of him and all of a sudden I'm doing a podcast <laughs> because I had said nothing to nobody, to anybody, I should say. Um, so that was kind of funny because you came out with yours just a couple months before we we started, um, which is interesting. That is but interesting. That be- yeah, it's it's kind of cool, honestly, because then we can like bounce ideas off of each other and then we like, can like, j- you know, talk about our progress and like, I mean, yeah. Like when I'm 80 years old and you're like 40, we, we could <laughs> we could talk about our journey, you know, and things like that. Uh, but that being said, and the reason I ask you about that, doing rather than announcing, is I'm going to take my last question. I'm going to have to dummy it down a little bit. Uh, basically, uh, I wanted to know where you see yourself in the next five years. And without announcing what an actual goal might be, what are some of the things you would like to see happen in, in your podcast in the next five years? Just just one or two things. Oh, boy. Um, well, I, I hoped that in five years I'm still doing this. <laughs> to be Good answer. That's a great answer. Yeah. Um, I'm not slowing down at any, any, any point either. So that's always a good thing. Um, and I don't know. I guess my main goal is to continue doing what I'm doing and to make it the best platform that I could possibly make it and make the experience for the guests as as best as possible also because i don't want it to just be like an interview i want it to be an experience that's i mean i joe i don't know if it could have been answered any better like generalized but to the point without giving any information away that's like the (laughs) best doing rather than announcing answer i've heard so far uh so you know that being said uh is there anything else dave before we part ways for the day is there anything else that you'd want to get out there uh before before we uh, end today's show with you. Well, I do want to say that, um, I mean, because this, this is a feel-good story. My story is about overcoming, and that's what the podcast is about. And oftentimes people ask me what the podcast is about, and um, obviously it's about overcoming um, uh, uh, adversity and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's not about, like, focusing on those things. It's about talking about how you managed to overcome it and how you were, you were successful because of the situations you had gone through. Absolutely. And, and do this for me real quick. Uh, what stations can they hear you on? What stations can they see you on? Uh, well, you can watch on YouTube and Spotify. Uh, video is available on both of those platforms. Mm-hmm. And you can listen on Apple. Uh, wherever you find, wherever they find your podcast, they can find my podcast. Right. So, so CastBox, Anchor, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Facebook Podcasts, and the list goes on and on. It's on Pandora, iHeartRadio as well. So. Okay. All right. Well, Dave, we thank you immensely for coming on today, telling part of your story. Uh, there'll be so much more that goes with that, folks, if you go to the Rising Above podcast on all those stations he just talked about. And listen not only to David's story, but all those wonderful interviews he has with so many people that have overcome and risen above. David Hess, host of Rising Above, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a good one, buddy. All right, you too. Well, that, I tell you, Joe, uh, you got to think about the age he was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, sure. and his siblings. And yeah. I think about, you know, because when he he told me this story when we talked at work, you know, when we first when we first met each other, we start talking to each other more and more and more. And, mm-hmm. and he was more open to me as time went on. And and, you know, he started telling me about this. And I kept thinking to myself, when you were seven, what? 
like I, I had to go back to that mindset. And it's amazing because what he says here in this interview today about how he could have went down the wrong path. I mean, he he had every excuse in the world to do that. Right. And right? I think that's the, that's the big thing there too. Uh, a lot of people use their, whatever it is, uh, their adversity as their excuse. And like, that's, well, uh, you know, I, it, it's my parents' fault because they did this, or it was my foster parents' fault because they did that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's always everybody else's fault. But at the end of the day, it's your life, your decisions, your responsibility. Yeah. It's all basically. about you. It is. You know? It is. But when it comes to uh, his situation, kind of next week's show is about that because it's about who do you trust? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be all about trustworthiness. Uh, yeah. Who do you trust? Who you don't trust? What does that do to a person? How does it strengthen a bond or a vision or a team? I don't know. Anything else you have there? Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. Be, I mean, trustworthiness is is huge. But I think what people don't understand is this is not next week is not a show where everyone says, "Oh, I get to go now and 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 hear about how I've been wronged so much in my life." It's about you looking in the mirror and asking yourself the question as well, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you see this so much on social media, Joe. We're going to talk about this next week where people post those memes about mm-hmm. when they say to people, never again will you do that to me and and I'm over it, period. Uh, and, and all these people go on liking and loving it. You know, oh, I hear you. Uh, you know, th- this, that's the same journey I went down. I'll never trust those people again. And, and it's like, I, I want to ask these people sometimes, what makes you think that sometimes this meme's not posted about you? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, and so it's, a, it's, a, it's a check time. It's time to check and, and say, has there been a moment in my life where trustworthiness was not a characteristic that I followed? And so that's what uh, it's going to be about both of those things next week. It's going to be about the good and the bad. All right. Well, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you're on Anchor and have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m., Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. All right, everybody out there, be the best you. And again, David Hess, host of Rising Above on all those podcast stations we talked about as I lose my voice at the end of the show today. Joe, what is going on with that? I mean, when, should I take a cough drop every day before before we start the show? I, I'm, just, I think you're just, it's puberty, man. You're okay. Again? 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 Yes. Oh, great. That's a lot I need right now. Wonderful. (laughs) All right. I'm out of here.